was that 1999 we partied everybody we partied like it was 1999 i was uh this is i was living down in georgia the peach state of georgia <laughs> fucking christ i was working for a catering company called lee epting catering it was based out of athens georgia they're they're office their headquarters whatever was located in a strip mall <laughs> there was like a piggly wiggly or some dumb grocery store at one end and we were at the other there might have been some horse shit in between i can't remember it doesn't really matter i got a job there because uh i was looking for something that was going to be pretty flexible with the hours something where i can say go fuck yourself i'm not working today sounds uh it sounds like i was establishing a pattern <laughs> uh because i was looking to do other shit but uh i was wrong <laughs> i was wrong everybody i worked for that catering company a fucking lot Kind of like what I do now for Dippin' Dots. I, I mean, I was working probably 60 plus hours a week. Because um, uh, what we did, we, we were the, a catering company. We provided the food and the service. And we would uh, often, we bring the chairs and the tables and decorations. We, we fucking did it all. And it was a big corporation, big company. And uh, we would be all over the state of Georgia we went into Alabama and Florida. I mean, we, we traveled. We have these big fucking U-Haul trucks that we would use to transport. And I often had to be the driver. I was almost always a driver, which I didn't have a problem with. The reason I was the driver is because I was one of the few people who worked there who did not have a DUI. <laughs> Right? Just weird. Just weird. Everybody was fucking an addict of some kind or the other, right? And um, I didn't mind it. It, it. it was pretty fancy schmancy. We, we had to wear a tux shirt, tux pants. You know, we, we, we did it all. And I felt like I was pretty good at the job. You know, it was a stupid job, but I took pride in the job. I learned how to uh, make pecan pralines. Stu, what's pecan praline? Well, it's a, it's, kind of, it's a candy. And you would have to have this uh, device where you would heat up this kind of like caramel-esque sugar. <laughs> and you would have to stir it. And you couldn't stir it too quickly. You couldn't stir it too slowly or it'd get fucked. It was all very temperature sensitive. And I was one of the few guys who could do it adequately. <laughs> was I super good at it? No, because it was very fucking sensitive. But I could get it right more than 50% of the time. So I was, whenever they served that shit, I had to do it. I wasn't necessarily happy with that because I always felt like there was extra pressure of getting it fucking right. Because it was just this dumb southern dessert that people liked. They, they get it, you know, have it at their wedding reception or whatever. We did a shit ton of wedding receptions. We would normally, we would get tipped too. Like, particularly, like, if it was a smaller one. Like, if there was, I don't know, less than 10 of us working it. They'd tip us. And we'd get, you know, pretty nice tips. It was always nice. If, if there were bigger ones, we kind of did, but not really. Lee Epting was a was a madman. He was very much a cartoon character. In many ways, he reminded me of that uh, cartoon rooster, Foghorn Leghorn. 
He had the cra the crazy southern accent, and he just fucking I don't want to say he talked gibberish, but I'm just like going, do you even know what the fuck you're saying? Because <laughs> he was just he was in charge and he owned the place, and he just I don't think he was used to telling people or or having people tell him to go fuck himself, right? He, so he, he would constantly say things because nobody would challenge him on things. It was very strange. There was one time where I, I, I vividly remember him telling a co-worker of mine. He said, Boy, if the law would allow, I'd kill you. <laughs> Can you imagine having your boss tell you that if he wouldn't get in trouble, he would kill you. <laughs> and there was always like that tinge of, is he joking? Is he serious? Is he a fucking lunatic? And the answer is yes, all of those things. All of those things. There was a uh, always problems with things getting damaged, right? There a lot, a lot of you know, plates and pictures and glasses. You know, it's the nature of the job. You're you're dealing with a lot of items that are clearly very easily breakable, and uh, you know, it's just it's the nature of the job, right? If if any of you have ever worked in the service industry, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Just shit just kind of happens. But Lee would lose his fucking mind if, if shit like that happened, right? He'd lose his mind. And so it, it became one of these things of he wanted people to tell him when things were getting broken. Like he didn't he didn't want people to hide the fact that shit was broken. But people weren't always very uh, forthcoming with that. Because as I've said, Lee was a fucking lunatic and he would rage. He would just fucking become a lunatic and just start yelling you know, and again the, the southern gentleman type thing you know, he was the owner of a plantation more or less and he, but he's just going off like we're all his goddamn slaves so people would never really like to tell him on bigger events we would use uh, people from a temp agency you know we just didn't have the actual manpower to to do some of these huge fucking weddings that we would do so you know these these random people would come in you know we did so, some of them were regulars like we knew them because they just they were did enough events with us but there was one guy who who broke some shit and he went up and he, he told lee that he broke some dishes right so at the end of the night, Lee pulls everybody together and he goes, I'd just like to tell everybody that this gentleman over here informed me that he broke the dishes. And I would like to thank him for being forthcoming and I would like to reward him with this $20 bill. He he gave the guy twenty dollars for breaking for breaking dishes. Now I know he did it because the guy came forward and said, "Yeah, it was me. I broke the dishes." There you go. But essentially, he rewarded him for breaking dishes. So it became this like on, ongoing joke with all of us, where we would purposely break shit. And go up to Lee and tell him that we broke it and then go, where's my $20? <laughs> oh, sorry for smashing that bottle of whiskey. Where's my $20? Now, we didn't actually break things purposely and, and do it. We, all, we always just kind of pretended that we did it or we talked about doing it. Because it just blew our fucking mind that this guy who worked for a temp agency who really ultimately had nothing at risk because he was just a temp worker. And they'd be like, ah, okay, you can never go work one of this guy's parties again. 
But ultimately, it just it would have been incredibly easy for him to have just like come back and just started working. Because while Lee was a fucking lunatic, he also had no clue what the fuck was going on, like ever. Just so fucking weird. And we had a we had a lot of lot of crazy people who worked there clearly. And there was like a family who worked. There was the mom and two of her sons worked there. And Lee's Lee Epting's two sons worked there as well too. There was a lot of fucking family horse shit going on. But there was a there was a guy who worked there. He he was a server and then he often he would bartend. He liked to bartend because he had a part-time gig bartending at a strip club in Athens, Georgia. Athens, Georgia is where the University of Georgia is. So a lot of a lot of young people there, right? And he worked at this strip club and he uh, dated a stripper there as well, too. And they had a very contentious relationship. I did not know her very well at all, but she would occasionally come by and uh, you'd see her, and she was very much the stereotypical um, stripper-looking lady. But the weird thing about this guy, he had, he had long hair, and he, he liked to wear a lot of bracelets, leather bracelets. He had a whole bunch of tattoos. And he was nice enough, but he yeah, he was f- clearly a fucking weirdo. But uh, I remind everyone this was 1999, so this was pre pre internet, more more or less. You know, there was like no social media shit like that. He would always carry a backpack with him, and in the backpack, he had a a photo album. <laughs> he carried a photo album with him. <sighs> and <laughs> the photos in this photo album were all of him and his girlfriend in various states of undress and uh, sexual acts. (laughs) And he would always brag and I'm like, how can you brag about this? He bragged about his girlfriend telling him that he had the prettiest penis that she had ever seen. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, she's a stripper. I imagine in her day she's probably seen a lot. I mean, I'm not trying to uh, stereotype, but I would assume strippers have, have seen more than one penis in their day. But I found it very funny that she would tell her boyfriend that he had the prettiest penis she'd ever seen and he took that as like a huge compliment. Like this was, I've got the, the the prettiest penis in all the world. And he was always very much into showing pictures. He would rip that fucking photo album out at the drop of a hat. He wanted to show everybody. There was no shame in his game at all. <laughs> I always had to tell him I was not interested. I am not interested in seeing uh, you, your girlfriend... Uh, her titties, your cock, whatever. I find it weird that he wanted to show me pictures of his naked girlfriend. <laughs> Do you have friends that will show you pictures of their uh, naked pictures of their significant other? Probably, I would assume not. I would assume you don't. You don't have any friends like that because you probably have healthier friends than I do. (laughs) And I use the term friends loosely with this guy. He was, you know, he was just a co-worker that he would always be there. And he was, like I said, he was nice enough, but he was fucking crazy. So he fit very much in. There was a girl there. Her name was uh, Lee Frazier. And I... I always would address her as Lee Frazier. I would never just call her Lee. It was always Lee Frazier. Now, I didn't do it with anybody else down there. And people always kind of question me on that. They're like, why do you call her Lee Frazier? I'm like, well, one, that's her name. 
I didn't give her like a fucking weird nickname. Her name is Lee Frazier. And uh, I'm like, uh, I don't know why I call her by her full name. I don't know. There were several, there's been several people in my life where I will call them by their first and last name. It goes together. And I think maybe just because it's Lee Fraser, it's just three syllables that it's easy enough for me. There's, there was a, my, my RA, my very first RA in college, his name was a Jeff Garrity, but I would, uh, I would always call him Jeffrey. I would go Jeffrey. You know, I give him the three syllables. Jeffrey! And people got mad that I would call him that too. I'm like, I don't, what? Why? Why are you getting mad that I'm calling him by his name? Whatever. It's just weird. You should call him Jeff. Okay, Jeffrey. <laughs> right? He didn't complain. She didn't complain. Why am I doing it? I don't know. I, I give weird nicknames or whatever to people. It's not like I don't think about it. It just kind of happens. Right? It just kind of happens. So the day came where I, I quit and I, I moved back to Michigan from Georgia to get the, to, to take the job as the therapist at a psych hospital. So I go from being a caterer to a therapist. And you know, I was just kind of like a scrub therapist. My very last day, they let me run a very small event. There were just like, I think, three of us working it and I was in charge, there was always a point person. And I suppose if I had pushed for it, I could have, I could have rose the ranks. But I'm like, it, you know, it was never like a goal. So the very last day that I was there, I was in charge. And I'm telling people I'm leaving. I'm like, oh, what are you leaving for? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go work at a psych hospital. I'm going to go be a therapist. And they all looked at me like I was a fucking lunatic. And they're like, you can do that? And I'm like, yeah, I have a master's degree in social work, and I've actually done therapy before. And they're all like, what? I'm like, well, that's what you get for not asking me questions. <laughs> I've always been a person who's big into, like, I, I like asking people questions. I like getting them talking about themselves. I am not going to divulge information to you unless you ask questions. It's as simple as that. That's why I always find it weird when I'm talking to somebody and I'm asking them questions and then the conversation ends and the, there's no questions from their end. So I'm like going, okay, either you're fucking completely disinterested in me or you're a fucking social moron or both, Pro probably both. I have a tendency, a tendency to associate with... Uh, People who don't give a fuck about me and they're morons. <laughs> so it was very weird. I do, uh, I do look back at that time with some fondness, but uh, ultimately, I'm glad I'm not there. <laughs> I'm glad I am not there. Oh, one of the one of the events though, and the uh, two two of the events that I, I did for them, I, I got to meet a celebrity. Uh, one was at a wedding where I served Cornelius Bennett. And I know all of you are like, who the fuck is that? Well, Cornelius Bennett was a linebacker for the Buffalo Bills in their Super Bowl era. Um, he, he's a candidate for the Hall of Fame. Very good football player. He ended up playing with the Atlanta Falcons for a while. And then he, I think he played a season, maybe two, with the Indianapolis Colts to finish his career. But ultimately, the majority of his career was played with the Bills. So it was very weird that uh, I got to serve him. Nobody else seemed to know who the fuck he was. Nobody else seemed to care. Uh, I didn't. I did not fanboy over him. It was just in my mind, like, oh fuck, that's Cornelius Bennett. And then uh, he was a guest at this other event that I, I worked. We it was at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, which is a you know just a big old theater. There's a lot of like rooms in it all, and one of the banquet rooms is. They're having a party for this guy. He was turning 30, 30 years old. I was 29. This guy's having a monstrous birthday party at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. I'm like, oh, God damn. A lot of money was spent on this, everybody. A lot of money was spent. He apparently was some sort of like computer nerd geek dude. 
fuck, you know, the, the stereotypical thing of like, oh, this guy's a fucking nerd, but he's now a wealthy fucking nerd, and that's what he was. But nothing terribly uh, exciting about that uh, until they had someone come out and do a little performance for him. Stu, who the fuck did they get? Well, I thought this was pretty weird for a 30-year-old. But uh, I knew, I mean, I knew who it was, and you'll know who it was when I say his name. Uh, for this guy's 30th birthday, they brought out Tony Bennett to come out and sing. And Tony Bennett probably sang like five songs. I mean, it wasn't like a full hour set or anything like that. But he came out and he sang a song to this guy. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like going, I'm turning 30 in like six months. I got to change my fucking life around. So I'm going to have Tony Bennett come sing at my 30th birthday. But the thing that bothered me about it was when Tony Bennett was singing, they, they cleared the room of staff. They didn't want any of the caterers or anybody else to be in that room to experience Tony Bennett singing. And I'm like, what? Why? We're just standing there. We're not taking anything away from anybody, you fucks. But that's what they did. They ushered us all out while he was on stage singing. But fuck them. Because from the side, kind of where the kitchen was, you could see the stage. So I could see and hear Tony Bennett without any problems. I mean, I'm all getting side profile, taking a look at that big old Shanazola of his. But uh, that was a, it was a pretty cool experience to see uh, Tony Bennett like that. So very, very cool. It was weird, weird time. Weird time of my life. But, uh, but hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's me, your boy, Stu McAllister. With me, as always, are the dogs. I got wean dogs sitting on top of the couch. Sadie dogs over on the chair. Uh, I think the cats are on the porch. I don't know. The door is kind of closed, so I can't really see out there. But uh, there you go. You guys are caught up. You're caught up. Yep, yep, yep. How was your day, everybody? How was your day? Was it a good day? I hope it was a good day. I hope it was a good day because uh, today was uh, Monday, October 3rd, 2020. I know it's uh, Monday. Everybody hates Monday, but, uh, you know, it could still be a good day. New day, new challenge, right? Get get at it. Do what you do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Monday's not the first day of the week for you. Maybe your day's off are uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Maybe your day's off are Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So today's your Friday. I don't know. But hopefully it was a good day. If not, uh, crack open a beer. Go to bed. Wake up tomorrow. And make tomorrow your bitch. How about that? I had to work delivering dots. If you're new to the program, I was a, a comedian forever, a social worker forever. Now I deliver different ice cream. Hooray! You're caught up. What's the podcast about? Well, this fucking lunatic just rambles. Doesn't really say shit. He talks about dumb things that happened to him in his past. And then he talks about how much he hates his current job. And then he fucking uh, goes over some stories that are going on in the news. Sounds awful. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I listened to it. There you go. You guys are caught up. <laughs> you caught up, motherfuckers. I had to go to deliver to schools over on the east side of the state. Not a problem. There was a problem, though, when I got to work in my van. Uh, we got our vans plugged in. We got huge car batteries that uh, power the uh, freezers in the, in the van. Uh, the alarms were going off because they weren't working. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck was going on. So some of the product wasn't good. I just, I dealt with it the best I could. I handled everything. Everybody got their product today. It was great, whatever. I had to drop off at uh, one school in Southfield, Michigan. I don't know anything about Southfield. It's near Detroit. I don't know if it's a good part of town, if it's a bad part of town. I don't know. I went. And uh, delivering the freezer, right? Taking it to the school store. I'm talking to the teacher. There's all sorts of ruckus in the hallway, right? Like, it, it just shit's going down in the hallway. And the kids in the, in the 
store. We're going, oh my God, there's a fight out there. The kids are saying it. I'm like, ah, fucking Christ. And uh, the teacher's like, no, no, they're just doing stuff for homecoming or whatever. And I'm like, going, I don't, I don't really care either way. <laughs> I don't care if it's homecoming shit. I don't care if it's fight shit. I just want to get the fuck out of here without anybody punching me in the face. Can I do that? Not like I think anyone would punch me, but I just found it very weird. But what was also weird was that, you know, I'm delivering this freezer. We got it all set. I'm talking to the teacher, and there's a couple of the kids who, apparently they're kind of like in charge of the store. I guess the teacher is kind of running more as like an advisor. So when I leave, you know, I'm looking at all of them. Like, you guys got any questions? And they're like, no. But then all of them are like, Hey, we appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for bringing us the freezer. They were, it was very weird to hear this from kids, like high schoolers. Because most high schools that I go into, the kids couldn't seem more disinterested or just more like, eh, whatever, who gives a fuck. So it's weird when I hear this from kids who are using just like good manners, right? Better manners than I, I would expect from a lot of adults. When I was at work today, when I got back, when everything was done and said, the uh, the pregnant lady that I work with was back. She was at the warehouse cleaning some shit. She just had the baby, I think, like not even like a month ago. I haven't seen her. It was the first time I've seen her since she had the baby. And so I'm, I'm talking to her. I'm like, hey, you know, how's the baby? You know, you doing okay? Whatever this is that. Because she came up to me and she's like, oh, I fucked up. And I'm like, oh, Okay, all right. She's talking about her aunt called her, and it was her aunt that she can't get off the phone or whatever. And I'm like, going, I don't know, that's a fuck up. I thought you were talking about some work shit or baby shit. Like, who gives a fuck about your stupid aunt? So I'm talking to her, you know, and then I'm just trying to work. I got shit I got to do yet still. And then she just all of a sudden, she just leaves. She leaves, which you can do. I don't care that you left. If you got to leave, then go leave. But what I find funny between her and the other young guy that works there, they don't tell you they're leaving. Now, I'm not their boss, but when you're the only people there, you should, I, I will always tell, if it's there's another person there, I will just tell them, hey, I'm leaving. Just so you know that you are going to now be alone in this warehouse, okay? And it's not a big warehouse, everybody. You know, it's this monstrous fucking thing. But you don't want to be there by yourself sometimes. Like, I've had random people come into the building who don't belong there. Why are you here? You don't know what's going on in people's brains. So it's just, it's weird to me when they just leave. Some people say, hey, I'm out of here. You don't even have to say goodbye. Just acknowledge the fact that you're fucking gone. Just weird. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I don't think I'm wrong. Pete, just say you're going. I mean, I don't like my coworkers. I, I've mentioned that a whole lot. I don't particularly care for my coworkers a whole lot. But I'm not going to fucking leave them there by themselves uh, without their knowledge. Because I don't want them to do that to me. <laughs> what if I need their help with something and I'm thinking they're still there and then they're not there? I'm like, oh, fuck. I guess I got to do this shit by myself. Speaking of doing shit... By yourself, I have not done this in a while, everybody. Uh, I could have taken a fucking whiz. If you're new to the podcast, uh, you'll know that I fucking, uh, I'm not afraid. Well, first off, I'm not afraid of swearing. <laughs> and second off, I'm not afraid of taking a whiz on the podcast. I use this uh, Radio Shack tape recorder full of uh, AA batteries. Oh, I gotta take a piss. Uh, this piss is brought to you by Matt Harper Art. Everybody, go check out Matt Harper Art on TikTok and Instagram. Matt Harper's also got an Etsy store, Barefoot Gnomes. You can buy uh, one of the clay gnomes that he's making over there on Etsy. But uh, go check out his TikTok and Instagram, Matt Harper Art. That's Matt with two T's. The extra T is for titties. I had to do that, everybody. 
I don't like fucking uh, pausing and stopping this podcast. You just gotta like fucking plow through it. Right? Have you ever heard another podcast where the guy is uh, pissing on it? Probably not. I wash my hands too, just so you guys know I'm not a complete fucking heathen. <laughs> oh, man. All right. What's that? Oh, there we go. All right. Blues and change, everybody. Um, okay. All right. Uh, I started watching a movie uh, before the podcast. It's called Memory. This movie, it's on Amazon Prime. And the reason I started watching it is because it's Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson is in it. And again, Liam Neeson is the only person. He's like 80 years old. And he still plays like action hero kind of people. He plays an assassin in this movie. And I'm like going, Liam Neeson's 80. He's beating the shit out of people. It's weird. I didn't finish it. Because what I like to do, everybody, is I like to watch shit while I'm looking up things to talk about. So, But from what I saw, it was pretty good. Uh, brand new. Came out this year. Must have been straight to Amazon Prime. Guy Pierce is in it. I like Guy Pierce. So uh, I'm going to finish when I'm done here. But uh, yeah, you guys should uh, check it out, too. I say, dog, get up there. Uh, all right. Long-time listeners know that uh, I'm a big football fan, big Buffalo Bills fan. Bills had a huge victory yesterday. They didn't cover the spread, but who gives a shit? They won. No one at the end of the year is going to go, ah, but they didn't cover the spread on like 10 of their games. Who gives a shit? Uh, They actually play the Pittsburgh Steelers this coming Sunday. It'll be a good game. Looking forward to it. Kenny Pickett is probably going to be their starting starting quarterback. Uh, he's a rookie. I think the Bills will absolutely own him, but uh, we'll see. But uh, speaking of Pittsburgh, they had a game against the Jets this yesterday, and they lost twenty four to twenty. Jets are a shit team. Jets should not have beaten the Steelers. That tells you how bad the Steelers are doing. I feel real bad too. Because the quarterback was Mitch Trubisky, who was the backup quarterback for the Bills last year. And he had an opportunity to kind of redeem himself. He kind of, I felt like he always got the, the short end of the straw fucking when he played with the Bears. Then he came to the Bills for a season. Now he's in Pittsburgh, but was, apparently wasn't doing shit for them. So they brought in Kenny Pickett, whatever. But at the game yesterday, the game's over. Everybody's leaving. And there was a dude riding an escalator. And I don't know how the fuck this happens. He fell off the escalator. Everybody, this guy fell off the escalator. Uh, Any bets he was drunk? (laughs) Any bets that he was drunk. But he fell off the escalator and, and he died. He did. That boy did. And that just makes me go, fucking Christ. You know, you go to any kind of, any of these large sporting events, any kind of large event in general, and just weird shenanigans can happen because people uh, people have been drinking and uh, people are all amped up because of the game. They're amped up because they won. They amped up because they lost. A lot of fucking uh, tension can get high. People want to fight or whatever. It doesn't say if this guy was a Pittsburgh fan or a New York fan, but uh, either way, the boy dead. And that just makes me go, yeah, I really don't want to drink when I'm at these games. And on top of that, fucking, it's not like beers are cheap. It's not like they're giving them away. Like like a fucking 16-ounce beer is like 20, 20 bucks or some shit. 15 bucks, I think. When I was at the game in Buffalo, uh, when they played the Titans... I think like a fucking big can of beer was like 12 bucks or something. They're clearly they're making their money. Clearly they're making their money. And that's why people just get fucking lit before they go in. This it's kind of a recipe for disaster everybody if you think about it. All these people are just getting straight fucking hand boned in the parking lot. 
before they even get in the goddamn fucking stadium. It's not good. It's not good. But uh, don't ride the escalator. They don't have escalators at uh, Rich Stadium or Highmark Stadium or Ralph Wilson Stadium, whatever the fuck you want to call the stadium in Buffalo. They don't have them. It's all just kind of fucking stairs and ramps. Fuck them escalators. Well, at least I never saw any escalators. On yesterday, too, uh, the Detroit Lions played the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks beat them in a shootout, 48-45. to It sounds like a college basketball score. <laughs> but uh, they won. It's a bummer for the Lions fans. You know, it looked as though maybe the, the Lions were going to come back. They scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. But uh, yesterday, Robert Griffin III, ex-quarterback for Washington, uh, he's an announcer now for ESPN. He wasn't as good as uh, people thought he was going to be. Too too small for a quarterback, to be honest. And he just took a fucking beating. So he had a tweet yesterday that was probably. A little inappropriate. When I read it, I thought it was funny, but I clearly can see how people would get their panties in a bunch about it. But there was... uh, All right, I'm going to read the tweet, and then I'll talk about the tweet. The tweet that he wrote out yesterday was, A.B. showed more D than the Seahawks and Lions did. (laughs) It made me laugh. It still makes me laugh. A.B. is referring to Antonio Brown. D is referring to dick, (laughs) not defense, which is what they'll call, you know, they're like, we need better D, and they mean defense. Because over the weekend, too, Antonio Brown uh, was in a little bit of a situation at a uh, hotel in Dubai. Apparently it happened in May, but like the video is just coming out now. I don't know. But apparently he was at a pool, naked in the pool. He was with a woman. He showed his bare ass. He kind of fucking grabbed her and threw her in the water and uh, showed his fucking cockerito to her. And uh, he's, he's saying that she was in on it. She stole his swim trunks, whatever reports that I read were like she was pissed off about the whole thing. Whatever. So I find it really clever that Robert Griffin made the joke, A.B. showed more D than the Seahawks and Lions did, because apparently when the score is 48-45, defense was not happening. See, the Seahawks did not punt at all. If a team does not punt, they're they're winning the game, right? They should win the game. Um, But he's getting called out about it, you know. It's clearly a joke. He's doing a wordplay thing. I'm not even a fan of Robert Griffin III. For the most part, I think he sucks. He sucked as a player. I don't like him as an announcer. But I don't have a problem with this joke. He's just being funny. But people are having problems. Some announcer was like, bro, what AB did was sexual harassment. And uh, Robert Griffin III isn't saying that it wasn't. He wasn't saying that he wasn't. But, you know, pe- people always got to get their fucking panties in a bunch of shit. He works for ESPN. ESPN declined to comment. Griffin, a former Heisman Trophy winner, played his last NFL game in 2020, criticized the NFL for being lenient in its 11-game suspension of Deshaun Watson, who was accused of sexual misconduct by two dozen women. Yeah. Uh, other people are coming at him. Sexual harassment and sexual assault always been a joke to the NFL. Domestic violence, too. Sexual harassment still isn't funny. No way you tweeted this from your real account. So sexual assault is only funny and cool when there's no when there's concrete evidence of it. Got it. Uh, I, I don't know. Am I the fucking weirdo? Like, yes, it's a, it's clearly a joke. Um, is it inappropriate? Absolutely. If a comedian had written that, if like Tom Segura wrote that, if Bill Burr wrote that, 
everybody would be like, oh my God, that's fucking hilarious. I mean, there, there would still be some fucking assholes who have a problem with it. I don't know. I, I guess in this day and age, you just got to be so fucking... You just got to be so fucking careful with what you write. So in many ways, I'm very grateful that I am not famous in any kind of capacity. And whatever shit I might write, nobody's going to pay attention to. <laughs> that's that's the cool thing. With no fame, you have a certain level of anonymity and you can say shit. Although there were some dumb people on Twitter yesterday who are clearly using uh, fake names and fake profile pictures and everything else. And uh, you're just like, yeah, who, uh, I, I don't care what you have to say, but they're saying just some awful fucking shit. Just awful shit. Someone said they wish that Josh Allen had been at the, the supermarket, the top supermarket in Buffalo when that shooting happened. Uh, I wanted to comment. I didn't. I let it go. I'd been like, so if Josh Allen had been there, the guy wouldn't have shot him because it was proven that the guy wasn't shooting white people. <laughs> you fucking idiot. And I'd like to believe that uh, Josh Allen being Josh Allen would have fucking uh, would have fucking taken the gun away from that guy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, people are stupid. Never forget. Never forget. People are stupid. Uh, speaking of dumb people, god damn. I... Uh, hate the Kardashians. I I don't like anything about them. I don't like the fact that they somehow became famous for what? I don't know what these people became famous for. But I do like the fact that Kim Kardashian is being fined for $1.26 million by the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, why, Stu? Well, they're doing it because they're saying that she's unlawfully touting crypto security. Like all of these assholes, Tom Brady, Matt Damon, uh, apparently Larry David also is promoting cryptocurrency. You fucking idiots. The reality TV star was charged by the SEC with promoting a crypto asset security offered and sold by Eurythrium Max without disclosing the payment she received for the promotion. She was paid $250,000 for posting an ad on her Instagram account in June, uh, including a link to their Arethrium Max's website. She goes, are you guys into crypto? This is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Arethrium Max token. A few minutes ago, Arethrium Max burned 400 trillion tokens, literally 50% of their admin wallet, giving back to the entire Emacs community. So, I mean, that's just a fucking ad. Despite adding a hashtag noting that the post was an ad, SEC Chair Gary Gensler told CNBC that the ad hashtag may work for some products, but not cryptocurrency. If you're advertising perfuming or you're advertising vacation homes or anything else on the internet, there are various laws related to that. But these are the securities laws. Huh. Jesus. Good. Anyone who actively is promoting cryptocurrency in any way, you can all go fuck yourselves. Cryptocurrency ain't going to be worse. Shit. From May 29th of that year to July 15th, the Arithmetic Max went from a high of point, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven zeros, eight, six, three, 14 times its initial value to a low of this number, which is 50 times less than its highest value. So yeah, it took a shit. It took a shit. So people are just fucking pounding on her. But uh, is a million dollars a lot to her? I don't know. I wish it was. Sometimes you hit people with these monstrous fines. I mean, like, if I if I got hit with a million dollar fine, I'd probably have to kill myself. I don't. I could never do anything to pay that back. But her, she's like, ah, a million dollars? Okay, whatever. I guess, I guess I'm not buying new shoes this week, all right? Tell me what she's famous for, other than like these dumb reality shows. 
I'm glad she got busted. Hopefully her life is not good. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great, and I'd be incredibly jealous. All right, I want to end on this. It's October 3rd. Maybe some of you are participating in this. I'm not. I, I've never been a fan of these dumb trends. But apparently it is a sober October. Holy shit. A lot of bigger name comedians participate in it. Tom Segura, Burke Kreischer. Ah, who cares, right? Whatever. But the challenge is to take a break from drinking alcohol for 31 days. Great. Whatever. Who cares? When I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to go crack open a beer. Uh, the Sober October Challenge was technically started almost 10 years ago by the McMillan Cancer Support Group in the United Kingdom as a way to raise funds for their charity. In the U.S., some participants raise funds to support mental health care for people in recovery. All right, whatever. So now it's talking about how do I participate? What are the health benefits? Who cares? I don't care. Uh, oh, it was saying here like it was giving. It was supposed to. This article says it was going to give you tips, tips to get the most out of the booze-free challenge. So I thought it was going to tell you like things that you could do to avoid drinking. But it's not giving me any of these things. I thought it was going to say, you could go take a walk. You could f hang out with your sober friends. Shit like that. Stupid. <laughs> what are some of the most ways to make the most out of the challenge? Uh, New, New Orleans, in New Orleans, where alcohol is omnipresent year-round, taking a break from alcohol for however long can be especially difficult. The more you can string together normal experiences, football games, parties, the more you realize you don't uh, have to have alcohol connected to them. I don't know. When I go to a football game, I want booze. What are you talking about? These challenges are also meant to be a time for introspection when people can gain a better understanding of themselves and their triggers. I don't want to understand my triggers. <laughs> I just want to understand where my next beer is coming from. The fridge. Alcohol use is a part of a spectrum and everyone has a different relationship with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of that. I'm not learning anything from this dumb USA Today uh, article. Are you guys participating? And does sobriety mean you're not using anything? Because I've said it before on this podcast many times that a lot of people say, I'm sober, but then they continue to use weed or other substances so they're technically they're sober from booze well whatever i'm not doing it i'm not doing it i don't care i don't have a problem i don't give a shit so all right everybody that's it i'm done hey uh don't vote for tudor dixon if you live in michigan don't vote for that fucking lunatic chick okay i just saw one of the worst fucking uh, advertisements for her made by the Republican Party of uh, Gratiot County. Holy shit. It was like, it was made by fucking like 14-year-old boys. It just had a group of like eight bikers in a semicircle and they're all talking about how they don't like Whitmer. And the one guy's like, I guess I'll vote for the other chick. What's her name? Literally, he says, I'll vote for the other chick. What's her name? <laughs> Fucking, it was so bad. Don't vote for Tudor Dixon. Vote for me, Stu McAllister. Please write me in. I want to have like three votes in the state of Michigan for me. I'm going to write myself in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to vote for me. I will be your next governor. But anyway, uh, hey, if you guys can do me a solid, go like the Facebook page, go like the Twitter page, uh, just Elemental Podcast. Uh, check out my Macari store. Check out my store over on T Public, Stew's Mafia. I got a link to both those. If you can't find anything, it's okay. I'll shoot you the link. Easy as pie. Uh, if you can do the whole rate, review, subscribe thing too, that would be awesome. I completely understand if you don't. I don't do it. 
so I shouldn't necessarily expect you guys to do it. But if you could do it, sweet. And then if you guys can do these four things for me too, I want you to check out the Sunday Slaw. Uh, they put out videos every Sunday, Adam and Stephanie House, where they eat coleslaw. They did a video yesterday, but they had to take it down. Uh, they had a special guest. And uh, I guess the, uh, the mom of the special guest said, hey, can you take it down? So they took it down. They're respectful people. But if you can go check them out, the Sunday slot, that'd be great. Uh, go to, I already mentioned Matt Harper Art. He's on TikTok and Instagram. He makes art. He sells art. And that's an opportunity for you to buy it. He's got a store on Etsy, Barefoot Gnomes. So go check it out, okay? Matt Harper Art. Then go check out uh, Bear Boards and Tables over on Instagram, on the Insta, on the Insta, Insta, Insta. Check him out over there. He's got a Macari store as well, too. Makes a lot of stuff out of wood. Keychains, knickknacks, figurines, cutting boards, tables, all sorts of stuff. So go check out Bear, like a grizzly, Bear Boards and Tables over on Instagram. And then you'll see a link to their Macari store. And then last but not least, my boy uh, John Midgley. has got a page on Facebook for his magic stuff. Magic J-B-M. He should also have a page for... Uh, the Smashing Pumpkins, because I talked about the Smashing Pumpkins yesterday for no particular reason, but I did. And apparently he's a huge aficionado of Smashing Pumpkins. And he sent me this fucking like thesis paper that he wrote on them. <laughs> and I appreciated that. But uh, if you guys can check out Magic JBM, Bear Boards and Tables, The Sunday Slaw, and Matt Harper Art, that would be great. Uh, and then uh, if you want to check out my Patreon, too, that'd be great. It's a P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Elemental Podcast. It's a paywall. Uh, what do you get for it? Just more shit. It's this shit, just more of it. So if you could do it, that'd be great. I'm actually at the most people I've ever had over on Patreon right now. Six. So if you could help me out, just five bucks a month, that would be awesome. All right, I'm done. I've rambled too much. I will see you guys tomorrow for the Patreon, or I will see you on Thursday for another freebie. You guys are great. Have a good day. I love you. Take care. We'll see you. Okay. All right. Okay. I got to go pee. Have a beer. See you later. Okay. Bye.